0: Today I'm answering the question on confession. Confession of sin in relationship to the child of God. More and more as a pastor, when I really talk with people and we get past the basics and the social niceties and people are in a comfortable mode, more and more I'm hearing this, Pastor, seems like I confess my sin to God and the sins that I feel like that God brings to my mind and heart but sometimes I don't know whether I'm truly forgiven or not what is the reality of what it means to confess our sins to God now I want to do this and I want you to please listen as I break down a text in the book of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 the text says If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me put this verse in context before I break it down. First of all, the gospel of John was written for belief. That is, it was written almost like an evangelistic tract, not like the ones we have. It was written, yes, for knowledge, which is what most of ours is about, in little verses and alliterations. But the Gospel of John is chapter after chapter showing that Jesus is the Messiah, that He is the Christ. He is the Anointed One, the Promised One to redeem us from our sins, and John states that it's not just that you could have knowledge and know that He is the Messiah, but that knowing He is the Messiah, you would trust in His name. You would commit to Him. You would get under the hoopah, You would enter into a covenant relationship with Him. The whole purpose of the Gospel of John is to allow the Spirit of God to use that to produce faith in the life of of the person who does not know God, and to strengthen our faith in being assured that Jesus is who He said He was and is. Now, First John, the same apostle, wrote First John, Second John, Third John, and the Revelation. But First John was written not primarily to gospelize and good news people, and to share with those who do not know God but to share with those who know God, those who are the children of God. And so John writes this so that the faith of those who are truly born again in the family of God would be strengthened, that they would have tests, spiritual tests, whereby they could gauge if they truly have eternal life. And in 1 John chapter 5, he says, These things have I written to you who know That you have eternal life so that you might really know that those of you who already believe, those of you who already know you have eternal life, that you could be assured of eternal life. So this is why this book's written. So there are many tests. For instance, if you say that you're a child of God and you're living in habitual sin, then you're fooling yourself because that's not the nature of the child of God. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't sin from time to time. That doesn't mean that you don't go through a season when you are out of the will of God. But that's not your life. If it's a line or it's a paragraph in your life, that's one thing. But it can't be chapters. It can't be the book of your life. That's just foreign from the Word of God because the whole nature of the child of God is to live in obedience. And there is no assurance of salvation apart from living in obedience to God. If you want to get to doubting your salvation, then you just start getting out of the will of God and start living in disobedience and you won't know whether you're saved or not. Put a period at the end of that. Now, secondly, the Bible says if we are born again, if we truly are the children of God and we say that we love God and we don't love our brothers, we don't want to be around the people of God. We don't want to have anything to do with the bride of Christ. We've either misunderstood everything about who Jesus is or we're not born again ourselves. Now, folks, these are the tests you can read through 1 John. Just read through all five chapters and see what it says. Don't try to make it say something it doesn't. But when it talks about, we sin, and when it talks about not loving the brothers, all of those are in present tense. That means it's a way of life. It's a habit. And again, that doesn't mean that you live a perfect life, but it does mean that the bent of your life is to live in obedience to God. It does mean that the bent of your life is to love people. You might get sideways with somebody, but you can't stay that way as a child of God. And if your lifestyle is to be living an unforgiving better life, then you have no assurance of salvation, because that's not the life style of the child of God yeah I'm telling you that I don't care how many times you've prayed and asked Jesus come into your life there's no assurance that you're saved if you're not acting like a believer truly in your heart and you're the only one that knows that others may think they do but it doesn't matter what others think it matters what you know before you and God he gives these tests do we love the truth do you love the word of God is Jesus precious to you Are you looking for His coming? On and on and on. These tests are there. All of these things. The discernment process. Read through 1 John. Let's get back to this confession thing. The reason that John wrote this was he was writing to believers, not non-believers primarily, but to believers. And so he says, if we confess our sins, who's he talking to? He's talking to believers. You see, even after we're saved and we are accounted righteous before God through the blood of Jesus Christ and him paying the penalty for our sins, redeeming us from the marketplace of sin, he bought us with his own blood. He paid the penalty for our sins. Even after we are in the family of God, we no longer stand before him as a judge. We stand before him as our father. We're in a relationship with him. But just like you can be in a relationship with your father and not be in fellowship with him, the same thing is true in the spiritual realm. You can be a child of God, and you can get out of fellowship with God, and remember that our salvation is maintained by Jesus. Our relationship with God is maintained by Jesus. It is eternal. It's unstopping. But we, through walking in obedience and confession and repentance, maintain fellowship with God. That's right. You and I are responsible to walk with God. We are commanded to walk with God. We're commanded to pursue holiness. We are commanded. If we had no part in that in that sanctification process, then why is God commanding us to do something if we have no power to do it? Well, the fact is we do have power to do it. Since you're saved, the Spirit of God lives in you, and you don't have to walk in sin. You can choose to walk in righteousness. That's the power that lives within us. But the reason we sin is we choose not to do that, and we just need to be honest about that, and that's what confession is. He says if we confess our sin, the word confess is the word homologeo. It's a compound word, homo, H-O-M-O, which means same. We know that from homosexual, means same-sex. Heteros is the word for different, another of a different kind. So heterosexual is two people a man, a woman, that are in a relationship. That's a heterosexual relationship. A homosexual relationship is two of the same sex. Well, this is the word homo means same. Logeo means speak or say. Homologeo means to speak or say the same. Same as who? As God. If we say the same thing about our sins, if we confess our sins, if we say the same thing, if we agree with God, that's the best one word translation of homologeo in our English language in this context. If we agree with God about our sin. Now that doesn't mean just list them off. Some people that I've talked to, after we've talked, what they've been doing is they've been saying, God, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Well, first of all, you're doing too much there. You need to stop that. That's not what God's will for our lives is, is go out here and then come and live like the devil and then come in and say, Well, I did all this, I did that's not confession. Confession is not just listing off and admitting you're wrong. It is agreeing with God about sin that you are at fault, not God, not anyone else. You can't blame, well, God, I did this, but they did this to me. Doesn't matter what someone else does to you. It's a matter of you walking in obedience to God and choosing to serve God and to live in obedience to Him. That's what the Spirit of God's in our heart to do is to conform us to the image of Christ. When we confess our sins, we're agreeing with God that we are to blame for that, not someone else. No matter what anyone does for us, we don't have to respond in kind. That's the way the world does. We don't live like the world. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're not like it. And God doesn't want us to be like it. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. Because we know what's in the world. You can read about that in First John chapter 2. Starts at verse 15, ends at 17. But what I'm saying to you is this. We've got to agree with God that we are the guilty one, that we chose to sin. No one else, nobody put a gun to our head, and if they did, we didn't have to do it. We need to agree about His remedy. See, God says we need to repent of our sins. That means we need to turn from it. We need to quit it. We need to stop it. Or if we need to start something we're not doing something, we need to start it. If we don't have routines and rituals that lead to righteousness that I've been talking about all week, then you need to start those things. Don't go, yeah, you know, I need to do that. Yes, you do. So begin these habits, and habits begin by doing something over and over and over again. So you're going to have to do it. We've got this idea that we got to like it. Oh, if I don't love it, then it's just a duty. Well, get on with duty, because in that duty, you will learn a habit that will help you, a ritual that will help you, a routine that will help you, and that will lead you to godliness. Well, the same thing is true with confession. The Bible says when it says if we homologeo, if we say the same thing about our sin that God does, if we agree with God about our sin, we agree that we're guilty, that we need to stop whatever it is or start whatever it is, omission or commission, that we need to repent of that. We need to turn and quit going our own way and start going God's way and start walking in obedience. And then the Bible says that he is faithful. He's faithful. He will every time... He will forgive us. He will cleanse us. And not only is he faithful to do that, but he is righteous. He's just in doing that because Jesus has paid for that sin. It's not that God's winking at and saying, oh, you know, that's okay. No, it's not okay. But because the wages of sin is death, Jesus has died for our sins, then that sin has been paid for, and we need to stop it, and we need to walk with God. You see, so he says when we do that, God is faithful and He will forgive us. He will do it every time. And you say well I really didn't want to do that but you know I, I said I'd never do that. But then God knows that. Tell Him all about it. And you run to Him and He will forgive you. But you have got to quit presuming upon the grace of God and the mercy of God. God's not to be presumed about nor is His grace or His mercy. God is so kind and gracious but don't start saying well I Do this and God will forgive me. Well, He might, but He might take you home too. He might bring about something in your life that you don't like, chastisement. Now, no chastisement seems to be joyous at the time, according to Hebrews chapter 12. But what we need to understand is God is a father, He's not a grandfather, and He'll give us a good whipping. He knows where to find us. He knows what we have hidden, where we have it hidden, and he will put a bullseye on it. Why? Because he loves us. He really does. He loves you. You're his child. And he's not going to just look over your sin. That's not how God deals with it. That's how we deal with it, but that's not how God deals with it. And he's not going to wink his eye. He's going to deal with it because He knows that it's best if we live in obedience to Him. After all, the guidelines He's given us, the laws He's given us, all of the commandments He's given us, all of those things, they're not to save us. They're to guide us in the way that's best because God loves us. He gives us those things that will help us. I mean, if you're going toward a curve that you're going to have to slow down and go around, otherwise you're going to go off a huge... uh, embankment and off a bluff and certain death is it penalizing you to say lights flashing slow down take this curve at 20 instead of 70 you say well what's that that's trying to make me conform to something i'll go the way i want well okay go ahead and you'll go right over that guardrail and uh, go out into eternity you see what I'm saying? That's not there to punish you and to hurt you. That's there to help you. When God says, don't covet another man's wife, that's not to penalize you. That's to help you to understand what comes with that is not something that you want to be a part of. Can a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? When God says, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witness. When God says, don't murder, Is he saying that because he's trying to keep something good from us? Absolutely not. He's trying to keep something from harming us. All I'm saying is when we mess up, when we sin, when we fall short of God's desire for our life, child of God, say the same thing about your sin that God does. Just admit it, confess it, turn from it, say what God says about it, and live by God's grace and by the power of His Spirit in obedience and the joy of the Lord will become your strength once again. And you'll sense the cleansing flow that flows from Calvary that washes away your sin. He will cleanse you. It's a catharsis from the inside out. And you will sense God's presence once again in your life because it is the way that God meant for it to be. So confession is not just naming your sins. It's not just admitting you've done wrong. It's agreeing with God, not only about the sin, that you're guilty, but that you're going to turn from it, and that you're going to go God's way. Living in obedience brings joy into our life. Full commitment doesn't bring bondage, it brings freedom. Fully commit to Jesus, to walk with Him, and He will continue to set you free. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp.